Need a change of pace? Well, you're at it. WebmasterRadio.fm, your home for B2B. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this uh, lovely Wednesday festive uh, edition of Cover Story, uh, hosted this week by myself, Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt, and Mick Jolly with PR Web. Hey, Mick. Hey, how you doing, Brandy? I- I'm actually a little stressed, but I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Uh, very good, very good. I'm glad we're on the air. I, I am, too. I am, too. <laughs> hey, you know what? We've never been late, so I'm... I'm, I'm Pretty pleased with ourselves, but I do. We've got a, a great guest on the line with Worth us. Worth waiting for. Absolutely. Well, and I, she's extremely busy. I'd like to do maybe a, a brief um, introduction and then bring our first guest right on. Uh, Fantastic. Her, Take it away there, Randy. Yeah, her name is, I, I don't even know where to start. Her name is Maria Russell. Um, she's a fellow at uh, the Public Relations uh, Society of America. And she's a professor of public relations and the director of new initiatives in public relations education at the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Um, and has been involved in campaign initiatives, PR initiatives, um, everything from the Olympics to really devastating um, tragedies such as, uh, I believe it's the Pan Am. Yeah, Pan Am Flight 103 and... and did some work with regards to the uh, Oklahoma City bombing, as I recall, too. I mean, wow. The ability Crisis management, I, 101 here, I think. We're going to be able to hear a little bit from that angle anyway. Do you think? I, I think, think so. I think we are blessed, and we are very lucky, and I think that we should wait no longer to introduce, uh, I, I've seen a picture of her, I've yet not met her in person, the very lovely, the very charming, and the very beautiful Maria Russell. Welcome, Maria. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for that very nice introduction. How are you today? Fine. I'm sorry you had troubles. I'm, I'm having a little static in the line here. Um, um, it's clearing up, but I sometimes I have a hard time hearing you, so um, I just want you to know that. No, I thank appreciate you. the opportunity to be on your show. No, and you know something? This makes a huge difference to our listener audience. I think I... I you know, we really wanted to be able to introduce someone um, with a sound background from academia and someone who's had um, true life experience. And whether, you know, you and I had this conversation the other day, everything is about relating to your public, whether it's your internal public, internal to your company, or whether it's your public, meaning the public that you are trying to enroll to do business with you. You know, it, it's extremely important to create a campaign that extends goodwill and sometimes when goodwill unintentionally fails how to overcompensate that and keep your good standing in your community well i think that's one of the problems it is public relations is so broad uh... that sometimes it's um, it gets confused with a lot of other activities and um, it's sometimes hard to define because it does cover um, all of the publics of any organization. And, of course, each organization has to determine, 
who are our publics? And as you point out, they are internally and externally. And the list can be very, very long. So um, uh, working with individual publics um, is really the role of public relations, but it can be a very expansive activity. And sometimes, um, while that's you know, exciting. It also causes uh, consternation. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand what public relations is all about. So that's uh, a bit ironic that public relations um, sometimes needs public relations. Right. Exactly. So you know what? Let let's let's start there. Let's start there. What does you know? According to you know, you teach class. I mean, what does public relations mean to you? And I know that this is very meaningful to you. So this is, I mean, you know, we, we've got a bunch of fresh minds. We've got a bunch of seasoned minds out there. Let's get them on the right track. Well, as you say, uh, I do teach public relations. In fact, it is an entire major here at the Newhouse School. And I think often people are amazed to find out that this is a, an area of study at the university level. Uh, but you should know that it's the fastest-growing major here at the Newhouse School. Originally, we started as a journalism school, uh, basically print journalism, meaning newspapers and magazines, and then over the years added things like um, graphics, advertising, um, then eventually television, radio, film. Um, but public relations has been taught at the college level in this country since the mid-1960s. So there's a full-blown curriculum in public relations, mm -hmm. and um, uh, we're, what we try to do here at the Newhouse School is, is bring not only the academic theory that you develop at a university level, but also the practical experience um, and uh, help the next generation of public relations practitioners go out into the world, uh, perhaps armed with a good combination of, of theory and practice. 100%. But basically the way we define it is that public relations is managing the relationships between an organization and its publics. And by publics we mean any group or um, organization that can bring your organization to success or bring it to failure. And um, often people uh, have trouble with that because they think, well, it's easy to work in good times with people that we get along with, we agree with, but when there's conflict, uh -huh. um, often CEOs and others at the top um, are hesitant uh, to deal with um, publics where there is uh, controversy or contention. And classic examples over, of those over the years have been um, not wanting to deal with labor unions, not wanting to work with activist groups, um, protest groups, Often, you know, it's human nature not to want to uh, work with that type of group. But again, if we realize that those groups can bring our organization to failure, um, it becomes apparent that we really need to work with um, everyone, exactly. both internally and externally. That's an excellent, excellent point. So how do you help people to understand the potential audiences that they have and, and, and how to prioritize yeah, I think that's um, a big role for public relations, and sometimes public relations is just seen as the conduit between the organization and the media, and that is a very traditional role for the public relations person, to work with the media, to work through the media. Um, and I think the latter phrase is more important to say, to work through the media. 
um, because what you're trying to do when we use radio, television, uh, newspapers, magazines, and all of the myriad of other types of, of mass media, what we're really trying to do is get to the other side of those gatekeepers and reach out to the public's that are important to us. Um, and so some people become so focused on the media relations aspect of their jobs, which is right. critical, uh, they often forget that there are other types of, of publics that we have to pay attention to. That would be your employees, the community, mm-hmm. government officials, your investors, if you're a publicly traded company. The list is very, very long. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that we try to help students um, and, and you know, our clients understand is that um, you start wor- thinking about how you are linked to various groups. Um, what groups do you have an effect on? What groups have an effect on you? And that helps you understand the types of people or groups that you must reach out to. Um, it's really about building and maintaining relationships. And so the word public relations says it all. Right. Building relationships, relationships with, with your, your public. public. <laughs> you know, and you brought up an interesting point that I, I actually hadn't looked at this way. And it's interesting the things that you kind of take for granted and you just act or react on. But, you know, you have a sales force. And exactly. Mm-hmm. Your sales force has a goal. Their goal, you know, yes, they want to create relationships with their clients, but their goal is to get that money and get as much money as possible, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day may not be long term the goals of the company. So to be able to have someone who's in public relations make sure that those relationships are developed in a way that long term continue to have a positive effect on the company are extremely important too. And I don't think that public relations is always um, positioned that way. Yes. I, again, I think that it is such a broad term. And um, the story I like to tell in, in, in an introductory class is about the old children's story where uh, three blind men are led up to an elephant. And they've never seen an elephant before because they're blind. And <laughs> they are asked to define the elephant. And so the first blind man uh, grabs the elephant by the trunk, and, and the blind man describes the elephant as being like a tree. Another uh, grabs the elephant's tail and says it's like a snake. So often, because we just touch one part of public relations or know one part of public relations, that's how we define it. And so I think if you go to the broader definition of building and maintaining relationships with the people who can bring you to success or the people who can bring you to failure, that gives you a good cross-section of all the groups you need to, to deal with. And again, it helps us move away from just thinking about being media. the conduits yeah. uh, through the media. Which, uh, which I think is true. And I think in today's society, there's so much confusion between sales, marketing, advertising, PR, yes, and the lines are blurred, and I think that, you know, people, you tend to get territorial. That's a very good point. I think the, the lines are blurred, uh, but they are very, very different um, activities. They have to work together in any organization, whether you're for-profit or not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. Your advertising, your public relations, your marketing have to have a consistent message across across the board, but they, they are very different activities. But you will often hear people um, confuse public relations and marketing, and those two terms 
you know, on day-to-day conversation, you'll often hear those two terms confused and used interchangeably. How would you define the difference between marketing and public relations? Well, we like to say that marketing is about making a transaction happen. And uh, public relations creates the environment of information, knowledge, understanding, uh, trust that helps that transaction happen. And so they work hand in hand, but to me, public relations is an umbrella. And if I know you, if I know your product, if I know the quality of your company, your employees, what you produce, what you make, uh, how you serve, um, all of those can be transmitted through public relations messages. Then I'm more likely to buy from you or engage your services. And so that's where the marketing function happens. Um, again, they're, they're separate. They're both equally important management functions. Um, but I think in today's world, if you talk to a lot of CEOs, especially those who've gone through business schools, they are very comfortable with marketing because marketing is taught in business schools. Right. Uh, public relations tends to be taught in journalism schools or communications programs. And so uh, a lot of today's CEOs have not been trained in what public relations is and how important it is. On the other hand, uh, corporate reputation is becoming one of the critical factors. Oh, 100%. In, in decisions by customers, uh, by p- it, other groups wanting to form partnerships, by investors, your reputation... Um, is critical. You know, Shakespeare said, he who steals my purse steals nothing. He who steals my good name steals everything. Well, you know what, and that's my thing in life. The only thing you have is your reputation. Exactly. And And I agree with you. And you just magnify that, you know, you, you worry about your own personal reputation, so magnify that to a corporate level and think about uh, the companies in America today. Um, uh, think about you know the Fortune 100 companies, the mm-hmm. Fortune 500 companies. Think about the America's most admired companies list. Um, corporations today uh, seek to be on that list. They want to be known for having a good reputation because as they have tried to maximize every type of management um, opportunity that they have to put themselves ahead of competition. You know, they've downsized, they've right-sized, they've outsourced. <laughs> right. They've used every they've <laughs> known in management schools. Uh-huh. Um, what, what is left uh, often is this very um, <laughs> nebulous thing called repu- reputation. Uh-huh. Uh, but there are people now who are trying to document and quantify reputation. Um, uh, some people call this beyond the bottom line or the second bottom line. And again, um, this is becoming very well, uh, very much um, a, a point of discussion um, um, as, a, as a competitive edge. How people think about us, what they think about us, um, really is very, very important. And that's the role of public relations today. Um, media is just one way to build your reputation. But reputation management is far beyond media relations. Um, it's really, um, uh, you know, being good corporate citizens, creating good products, being fair and trustworthy uh, with your employees, with all of your publics. That builds your reputation. 
And that's a far cry from image building, which many people talk about, um, especially in celebrity PR. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to create a mystique or an image around uh, an athlete or a movie star or a performer of some sort. Right, or try to establish credibility through a big name. Exactly. But you have to, um, you know, you really have to look at beneath the veneer and say, is this a good product? Is this a good service? Is this a good person? Um, when we talk about celebrities or politicians. And, uh, you know, you have very savvy audiences out there today. And even though communications is very, very sophisticated, you have sophisticated audiences. And they can see um, beyond the facade. They can see beyond any phoniness or built-up image. Um, if, it's, if there isn't a solid person or product or corporation underneath all of the hype, right. then, um, you know, uh, that image it evaporates just, right. it evaporates and um uh what you're really after is reputation well, you know what I, and i agree with you i think that you can and it, and it all depends upon how much money you have what your goals are and again obviously what your product or service is you know in using a celebrity i think that can gain you a lot of attention quickly but you know you only get the door open once so you might get a lot of people flocking to you, but like you said, if you don't have the process in place to deliver what you say you're going to deliver, if you don't have a product or service that you've differentiated from your competition that allows them to choose you and stay with you, if you don't have nice people uh, um, internally dealing with the customers, then you are going to fail. Exactly. You know, sometimes as simple as the receptionist at your front door, um, some people consider that public relations, but how you're greeted when you telephone, um, when you walk into the front entrance, when you walk up to that bank um, uh, kiosk, um, all of this is very, very critical. It's called customer service or customer relations, uh, but your, your employees are critical in putting forth the, the real persona of the company, who we are. And you'll hear about this on various airlines. You'll hear about, you know, the people at X are so kind, so helpful. The people at Y were just nasty to me. Uh-huh. And so you, I can tell you who X and Y are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we all have our list, don't we? <laughs> yes, and, we do. Um, and, and, and the word of mouth um, goes a long way. You can take out many, many ads saying you're a great company and you put customers first, but if your friends, um, if you hear from your friends that Company X treated your friend poorly, that has more credibility. Oh, 100% than an ad. Than any ad, you know, whether you have millions of dollars worth of advertising budget, word of mouth is so important. And I think employees are starting to be recognized as critical in this. Um, if your employees feel good about where they work, they'll go home and tell their families. The, you know, the spouse goes to the supermarket and tells his or her friend, you know, my husband or my wor- wife works at a great company. Um, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, whatever it is, um, that word of mouth um, really right. can be can your best weapon or, or could be exactly. a weapon against exactly. you. Exactly. And so many companies have ignored true employee communications um, for so long. But this is really a, a whole area of specialization 
uh, in public relations mm-hmm. that becomes more and more important, um, how, your, how your employees feel about where they work. And, and we, um, we see this in these lists that, you know, America loves to, to follow, um, you know, best places to work in America. Right, right. That's a very coveted list to appear on by a lot of corporations because, again, it's a third-party endorsement. Our employees say we're good, we're kind, we're fair. Powerful, we're generous, right. Uh, you know, even in tough times when there are layoffs, how you treat people on their way out on their way out <laughs> yes. is very very critical. Now let me now speaking about on your way out, um, if we could just go out for a moment, pay a little homage to our awesome advertisers that are supporting our network <laughs> for our listeners. Um, we'll be right back with Maria Russell and more discussion on public relations. WebmasterRadio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Unlock the adventure. Your key to the hottest games on the net. From Ultima Online to Dark Age of Camelot is here. Introducing Duocash. Duocash. Available wherever prepaid calling cards are sold or online at duocash.com. Enjoy instant access to the ultimate internet gaming excitement. Anywhere you see paybycash.com or Duocash. No credit card or bank account required. Game merchants and webmasters, get your game on. Don't leave money on the table except Duocash. Sign up today for the official prepaid game card of the internet. Are you ready to optimize your website's full potential? Well, it's all about positioning. Trusted by search engines for delivering clean and optimized content pages for customers. The trusted feeds industry pioneers at Position Technologies will help you build a solid foundation for creating long-term impact on you and your customers' bottom line. So visit PositionTechnologies.com today and look forward to achieving new heights within the search engines. More and more women are experiencing amazing pleasures, enjoying playful chocolates from PlayfulCash.com. All natural gourmet Colombian treats that are simply sinful. As a PlayfulCash.com affiliate, you'll enjoy weekly payouts up to 50% on all sales of these trademark and patented products. Multiple payout options, 5% referral fees, and private labeling available. Isn't life sweet when playful is highly profitable? For more money-making info, visit PlayfulCash.com today. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this lovely Wednesday afternoon here on Cover Story. We're joined by Maria Russell, a public relations extraordinaire, and Mick Jolly with PR Web. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Um, we just uh, posted a question in the lounge. And, uh, and asked if anyone had any specific crises that they would like to throw out there. And uh, we can sort of tap into Maria's knowledge, and she can uh, give some suggestions on some potential solutions. Um, but, yes, if we can go to perhaps crises management. Um, ah, oh, okay. I'm a little bit confused. We've got um, Idle Assets, who says, I don't have a crisis. I manage plant closings. Sounds like somebody that uh, helps to uh, businesses to transition from an open door to a closed door, maybe, huh? <laughs> How to do that in the public interest when, when uh, people are being laid off, I don't know. I might mean, be a crisis there from a community impact standpoint if you're, say, like a Georgia Pacific and you're closing a plant out in the West Coast or something. I mean, that's when I think, <laughs> I think that's when, like, plastic surgery kind of works. Go in, <laughs> get well, the pink slip with one face. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is a subspecialty um, that many practitioners have had to face. You know, the old joke is the PR person 
um, is the last one out and closes the lights. And um, it has, you know, in this country, unfortunately, it has become not so funny. Um, we've had many, many plant closures. And I think uh, what goes, uh, you know, the, the very simple rule is uh, treat people the way you would like to be treated. Yes. Um, we uh, know that this is <laughs> you know, you keep using these brandyisms, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> did, the, did the person on the chat room have a particular question about plant closures? Um, not that I'm... Yeah, the way oh, it's worded yes. isn't really a, that it is a uh, crisis. Maybe they'll give us more. Oh, he says, but I go beyond the announcement because I manage the stakeholders and try to figure out how to market the remaining assets. Uh, oh, yeah. so he's coming in. He's, you know, having, it sounds like he's having to do something that's pretty horrible, be able to analyze what is actually valuable. Uh, although liquidate everybody's, it, maybe. Yeah, and then take the remaining assets and maximize it. Yes, and I think that's about the, the best someone can do it in these times. I think, unfortunately, um, many companies have had to make very tough decisions. And even in my own community here, we've watched this happen over and over again with many of our uh, companies that were a very strong manufacturing base here in the Northeast. Uh, there have been plant closures and uh, movements offshore. And so mm -hmm. it remains to the, to the executives and their public relations people to say, this is a decision that must be made. It is an unfortunate decision. Now that we've made the decision, how do we treat the people who um, must be let go? What, what is the most humane treatment? And I've, even as late as two years ago, we saw a terrible um, incident here where the employees of a long-established company um, drove up to work one morning and found a sign on the door saying, uh, company closed, please come to XYZ restaurant for a meeting. <laughs> and that was the first notice they had of this. And as they all assembled in this um, uh, restaurant, uh, they were told that this um, company, long-established company, was closing. And, of course, uh, this was a huge shock, and many generations of employees had worked there. Um, fathers and sons and grandfathers had worked there, and uh, the way it was handled was very, very poor. Um, and so that company, which always had a great reputation um, locally, um, lost its reputation virtually overnight. And so that was a, a tragedy for the people. It was a tragedy well, for the community. It was a ripple community. effect, absolutely. And so um, your, your chat room person who's uh, corresponding with you, I think, um, sounds like what they're doing is the best they can do is to help the people who have to be let go. Um, what can you do in uh, training opportunities, mm -hmm. providing them with the kinds of outsourcing um, uh, skills. Uh, often there's given educational benefits so that they can transition their current position into another kind of career. Right. Um, Write them recommendations. Letters of recommendation, yeah. providing uh, services, career services, resume services, educational opportunities, uh, giving people as long a time as possible um, to transition and not just make this an overnight announcement, but giving them several months' notice to help them adjust to the fact and then uh, make some alternative plans. 
But when company, uh, when generations of employees have been loyal to the company, this is a terrible slap in their faces um, as if, uh, if they exit in such a, an abrupt manner. Agreed. And again, it, it, is, it seems like such common sense. It doesn't seem like you need a degree in public relations to figure this out. No, um, but, you know but we I... were pretty shocked to see this happening um, because all you have to do, frankly, is read the local papers, watch the local news, mm-hmm. and say, if I were in that position, is that how mm-hmm. I would want to be treated? You know what? It is true. I have this brandyism, and it, sometimes people place too much emphasis on themselves, and sometimes people don't place enough emphasis on themselves mm-hmm. and when you are in a boss capacity okay I mean because the, the bottom line is this if you if you have a stable of employees and you're running a company and something does happen where you need to now downsize right size however you want to euphemize it that there's pressure on you and you're scared and you're running scared and sometimes we don't put the emphasis on ourselves to go you know what you're scared but you're also at the top of this hill you have people below you who are counting on you who have people who are counting on them that's right. And, and, get a and I think, yourself. you know, there's, the, there's that line between being a manager and being a leader. And um, uh, that's a whole other issue in public relations. But I think the good public relations person tries to help the company um, uh, do this as sensitively and as humanely as possible. Um, and, again, we would think it's common sense for most people, but it's not. Very true. I mean, because we've had a bunch of questions you know, um, how, I think we covered the, what if you, what if you have to let multiple people, empl- employees go? And y- this is sort of a generic question, but what steps can you take to prepare for a crisis? Well, I really get upset when people say to me, you cannot prepare for a crisis. Um, um, you know, I think it is very, very um, true in this world that, we, we are in a very difficult world, um, and I think when people say they can't predict a crisis, well, you can't often predict that um, XYZ is going to happen. For example, if I can give the, uh, the example of Pan Am 103, mm-hmm. um, we had 35 students on that plane. Oh, my God. And so um, when, <laughs> when people say, well, who would predict that 35 of our students returning from a semester abroad program would be on a plane that was brought down by a terrorist bomb, you probably could not come up with that w- sick scenario in your head. No. But you have to understand that things are going to go wrong in this world. So what is in place? Um, just simple things like media lists and lists of employees. Um, the people in, who were in the World Trade Center at the first time it was bombed in the 90s, um, many of the companies who handled it best the second time were companies who learned from that first exactly. uh, bombing. Unfortunately, so, yeah. again, just reading everyday newspapers and magazines should make you stop and think, how well prepared are we? Little things like in the World Trade Center when the company executive said, let's, if anything happens again, like the 90s bombing of the World Trade Center, we should all have a place to meet so that we can do a head count to make sure all of our employees are safe or on vacation or we can account for them. And the companies who did that really lowered the great anxiety of their, of their employees and their families just by saying, let's all meet at X 
and that way they were able to account for their employees and not have people wondering for days if somebody was on vacation or traveling or, or wherever. So there are very, very simple things you can have in place. Um, a lot of people have been caught off guard. Um, you know, there's a, there's a fire in their building, and they say, oh, my media list is in, the, in my office. <laughs> well, um, you know, right. doesn't it make sense to have, have your duplicate. media list, a copy in your car, a copy at home, um, a copy on your laptop? So little silly things like that, which really make a difference, um, they sound silly and so simplistic. We, have, we do have another question. Yes. Um, how does Leave handle the type of crises they are dealing with? A study points out that their product may contribute to heart attacks. I'm sorry, how does who? This, now, this is horrible because I actually use Leave for my sinus. How does oh, Leave, leave. Uh-huh. handle the type of crisis that they are dealing with? A study points out that their product may contribute to heart attacks. How do they overcome something like that? Um, I think right now we are seeing a whole uh, group of these um, pharmaceutical-related issues. And um, I think um, probably uh, going back and relying on their research and the scientific evidence, um, uh, having their own scientists look at this, looking at government studies, and trying to wade through the facts Mm-hmm. Um, again, is this something that is of widespread uh, concern for the population? Is it for certain people with certain medical conditions that might uh, taking this pill lead right, to that? Up the- I think, you know, it's very, very complicated. And, um, you know, many of these products did not get to the marketplace easily. So, um, well, Especially with, with the FDA regulations and, 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 and whatnot in the United yeah. States. It's a, a lot harder. And I will say, Maria, that in, in regard to what this person's saying, when you look at sometimes, you know, there's a certain amount of, of failure rate, let's say, to anything that you do. The larger the, the consumer base the larger the number the failure rate is going to be. Exactly. And, exactly. you know, that's like how, you know, Dow, and, you know, with the whole breast implant issue. Well, you know, you have people who had autoimmune problems to begin with. That's right. And, yeah. you know, the more, you know, like one out of every something like 12 women, I think, have breast implants. Well, when you start using those kind of numbers and you start comparing them up against a normal failure rate, and depending upon what side of the fence you sit on, you can really scare the crap out of a lot of people. And again, who's, do- yes, who's doing the research? Exactly. Um, um, you know, I think t- uh, Johnson & Johnson was Tylenol more than 15 years ago, still is uh, the best practices to follow. Um, very f- upfront with the public, with, through the media. Uh, they pulled product from the shelves. Now, that was a case of product tampering. Uh, right. This is different in that... Um, uh, and I believe it's the same company. Am I correct? Is this a Johnson & Johnson product? Is a leave a Johnson & Johnson product? I'm not sure, to be uh, honest But in the case you. of product tampering, I think they sent the, set the benchmark, and they're still highly respected to this day for their handling of Tylenol. But to pull all of their product off the shelf... That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, ...was quite dramatic in those days. Well, and it was a gesture. It was a true... I mean, that that's the ultimate gesture, but that's the ultimate gesture that a company that actually has a lot of money but has I the think, ability to do. Um, I, you know, I think I have to disagree with the whole money aspect, too, because um, when we studied, pan, uh, you know, the situation in, pa- in Pan Am 103, um, 
we looked at the U.S. State Department, we looked at Pan American Airlines, we looked at Syracuse University, and we looked at Lockerbie, and we said, who, how do they, each of these entities handle it? And, and frankly, the people who handled it the best would seem to be the least prepared, and that was the little village of Lockerbie, population 3,200 people. Wow. You know? And so um, a lot of the way they handled it came from the fact that their government had an excellent crisis plan. Uh, they had uh, done all kinds of media training for their public officials, and uh, just the local sensitivity was incredible. And so Lockerbie, you would say, gee, in contrast to Pan American Airlines, how could they possibly do a better job? But Pan American Airlines, with all of its corporate assets, did a very poor job. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and as we know, there is no Pan American Airlines these True. days. And um, many people attribute the loss of that airline uh, back to the days when their reputation was so severely damaged by the way they handled Pan Am uh, 103. So may I ask you one more question? Yes. And I, and I apologize, and unfortunately we haven't taken a lot of time, and I know you're in a rush, but the, the tidal wave. You know, oh. I, I'm hearing, uh, first of all, someone made an excellent point to me the other day that there's so many people that got killed that it's like six degrees of separation. There's probably, you know, someone unfortunately knows someone who yes. was uh, affected. And now the United States is saying, hey, we're stepping up to the plate and we're contributing to um, the shock and horror. And we are getting, from what I understand, the United States is being told, you know, we're cheap. We're not, we're not doing the right thing. How would you suggest this is handled? Well, I, I think, again, performance, um, you know, some people define public relations as performance first, then recognition. And I was very upset to hear last night a mother relate that um, her daughter who escaped and got as far as Bangkok was treated very, very poorly by the embassy there, the U.S. embassy there. And the mother was quite concerned that the embassy, you know, our own country, um, was not doing the right thing by these people who had been evacuated out. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Um, And um, I think, you know, I think we're in a very tough position right now. It doesn't seem like the United States can do any right anywhere in the world. Um, and um, I think, first of all, uh, the main problem is not a one of public relations, but of coordination of the relief effort. How yes. you do this across 11 countries with hundreds of relief organizations that aren't Working coordinated. Tan- they need to work in tandem with each other. Yeah, I think this is the primary thing, and, and perhaps it's not a, a public relations issue yet, but it is uh, really a relief issue. Um, it seems that these international relief organizations have not coordinated well and have not learned from past tragedies. Now, this is enormous, 11 countries. Um, but I was hearing today that some people were getting rice, but they needed antibiotics, and people who needed rice right. had, oh. in, you know, they were getting the opposite of what they needed. And so it really sounds like it's um, a lack of coordination um, at that level. Right, like people really need to take a step back and say, what are the primary needs? And, and from, I mean, I'm not a mother, but I would be extremely concerned if, you know, oh my goodness, my, you know, not knowing where my daughter is and then finding out that she actually made it into the embassy arms and thinking that's a secure place to be, 
and and that's that's a yes. little devastating. That's it, a little it devastating. Really, um, and again, I think that's where uh, reputations can be damaged um, uh, uh, on performance, and we'll mm-hmm. start seeing how these organizations rise respond. to the top. And you know what? And that goes back to exactly what you were saying: treat people as you would like to be treated. And then you know it goes back to this whole issue of um, of, of response, and um, <laughs> it really is um, going to be very very difficult to sift through all of this. Um, but again, uh, you're you know it takes years to build a reputation. It can take hours to break it down. Oh, uh, exactly, exactly. Maria, I could just go on and on with you. Everyone in the lounge is engaged with each other and has more questions for you. We thank you for taking the time out to join us on this edition of Cover Story. And I'm going to urge, hopefully, that you come back and join us again very shortly. I'd be delighted, and I want to wish you and everyone a happy 2005. Hopefully, after this terrible tragedy, uh, we we will have a better 2005, but it's a very sad ending to 2004. It is. You know, something from your mouth to God's ears, and a very happy and healthy New Year to you and all of yours. Thank you so much, Brandy. Thank right. you, Maria. Bye-bye. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. All right, you guys. That was uh, Maria Russell. Uh, and, uh, wow, that was a lot of good information. Oh, she's outstanding. I, I think we could probably pull her for another another hour and not get all the details out of that lady. I, and and I love the fact that you know she has the <coughs> excuse me, academic background as well as having the hands-on experience, which to me makes a huge difference. You know, you can read all the textbooks you want in, in the world, but if you can't apply it to the to to reality, it's worth nothing. And she's worked on a bunch of different cool campaigns. She works with companies every day. She's on the board of the Public Relations Association. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. The whole crisis management thing and being prepared is um, something extremely important and something that I think we really want to instill in our listeners. Well, I think it also uh, demonstrates something for you, uh, Brandy, in terms of the quality of the uh, presenters and guests that... Uh we hope to continue uh, featuring on the show, and I know you have some others that we can look forward to in the in the very near future. So yeah, I think we're a pretty good team, you and me. Well, thank you. I, I had an opportunity to be quiet and listen and learn. I tell you what, uh, Maria, I think uh, if I was in in that neighborhood, I'd probably have to go sit down and, and pick her brain a whole lot more. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to having her on the show. We're gonna have to bring her back. That For was sure. great. And you know something, and we're gonna get people to start. You know what? Everyone who's in the lounge right now who has questions about crisis management. Why don't you email either myself or Mick these questions, and then we can arrange to have Maria back, and we can talk specifically to issues that affect our listening audience. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. And, you know, so let's start doing that. And also, as a reminder, people, start doing that in general. If you have public relations issues, public relations questions, if you have someone that you really admire who's a PR guru, we can get anybody. We can, I mean, and I will state this on the air, we can get anybody for you. You know, nine out of ten times. Just put cover story in as the uh, subject heading, folks, and uh, we'll we'll give it the the golden golden glove treatment, if you will. Woohoo! So. All right, you. So, oh my goodness, you and I don't get back together again until until next year. Next year it'll be. Uh, I think it's the fifth. Oh my so goodness! I'll be sneaking the, right up. The first of the fifth of the fifth. <laughs> you know there my birthday. Oh, you know my birthday is January seventeenth. 
January seventeenth. I'll have to make a note of that. I just thought I'd throw that out there. For anybody. And we have a show on the nineteenth. So do we sing Happy Birthday on the Earth that day? And we do it the week before and and that week too. <laughs> I'm all about extending the joy as much as possible. But anyway, you have a happy and healthy New Year to all of our listeners. A happy and healthy New Year, and um, we just thank you for joining us on Cover Story.